And now Pastor Dave is coming. Would you welcome our pastor? Well, thank you, Wes. You don't need to welcome me. I get to be here every week. But what, a, what an honor it is to have missionaries with us, and especially, Sherry, to know someone who has given her life like this and um, just thinking of the sacrifices you have made. Um, we're a church that loves missions here, and our missionaries really are our heroes. Um, and we honor them for the sacrifices they've made to spread the gospel. And um, as I think about our broader vision as a church, I want to direct your attention just for a moment to our vision frame that you will see uh, on the screen overhead. I just want to note something. You'll see some form of the word mission four times in our vision frame. Our mission statement, of course, is building followers of Jesus who are sent to reach others. And uh, Sherry and others, uh, missions guests among us, of course, have exemplified that. And then the fourth step in our discipleship pathway, we, something we think is important for the maturity of every believer, is to find a, a mission, some ministry beyond the walls of the church. And then on the left side of the frame are, are seven values. The fifth one is being mission-minded. And by that, we mean taking the gospel to the lost and the least and the needy of the world. And then finally, one of the marks uh, of the values being lived out, being expressed in the lives of our members is missional living. So I just wanted to note that today because today is a day when we're focusing on particularly international missions. And we're going to look at a psalm this morning that is, I believe, a mission psalm. It's Psalm 67. We're going to read it together in just a moment. Uh, but the psalm has a heading. Some of the 150 psalms have headings uh, indicating who wrote the psalm, the setting in which it was written. But the heading of Psalm 67 reads this way, To the choir master with stringed instruments, a psalm, a song. In other words, Psalm 67 was written, we don't know who wrote Psalm 67, but it was written to be sung. So at the end of the service today, uh, we're going to sing the psalm uh, together, and I'm not going to lead you, of course, but a very gifted songwriter in our midst has put Psalm 67 uh, to music and is going to lead us in that. But I would like to ask you to join me in reading the psalm together. You'll see Psalm 67 on the screen. By the way, the little word Selah, Bible commentators don't know for sure what that means means. It may mean pause and reflect upon it. It may be a musical term. The word selah is, is very close in sound to the Hebrew word for lifting up. But would you join me in reading Psalm 67 aloud? And we'll include the little selah as well. Let's read it aloud. May God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face to shine upon us. Selah that your way may be known on earth, your saving power among all nations. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. Let the nations be glad and sing for joy, for you judge the peoples with equity and guide the nations on earth. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. 
The earth has yielded its increase. God, our God, shall bless us. God shall bless us. Let all the ends of the earth fear him. It's a short psalm, but it's very, very rich in meaning and in its emphasis on God's purpose for his people and for the nations of the world. The psalm begins with a prayer a prayer for God to be gracious to us and bless us. May God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face shine upon us. Selah. God's shining face in the scripture has to do with his favor. Uh, it is connected with his presence, with his goodness, with his name. Uh, when God was revealing himself to Moses, and assuring Moses that his presence would be with him and with his people, he said, I'll make all my goodness pass before you and will proclaim before you my name, the Lord, and I'll be gracious to whom I'll be gracious, and I will show mercy on whom I will show mercy. God desires to bless his people with his grace, and this is seen in the words that God gave to Moses to give to Aaron and his sons to bless his people. Sometimes you hear it at the end of a service here when we say, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace. So shall they put my name upon the people of Israel and I will bless them. And so Psalm 67 begins with a prayer seeking this blessing. It is good and right to do this, to seek the favor, the gracious blessing, the shining face of God. His name is connected with his grace, his favor, his shining face. May God be gracious to us and bless us and cause his face to shine upon us. Why? Next we see a purpose in the psalm. The purpose is that God's way and his saving power be known among all the nations. May God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face to shine upon us that your way may be known on earth, your saving power among all nations. In other words, God, as you bless us with your favor, with your provision, your shining face, your graciousness, the end result will be that your way will be known through us to all the earth. Your saving power among all the nations. It's interesting as you read through the Old Testament to look for references to the nations or the peoples of the world. And it becomes very, very clear early in the book of Genesis that God's purpose was not simply for one people, the people of Israel, the descendants of Abraham, but rather through them his blessing, his saving power would be known to all the ethnicities, all the nations of the earth. When God called Abraham, he said to him, the words you see on the screen, I'll make of you a great nation and I'll bless you and make your name great so that you'll be a blessing and I'll bless those who bless you and him who dishonors you, I will curse and in you all the families, all the families or all the nations, all the peoples of the earth will be blessed. In other words, Abraham, I'm making a nation of you, but through this nation, something's going to happen. Through your offspring, your descendants, ultimately, all the families and nations of the world will be blessed. What did God mean by that? 
Well, we get an inspired commentary on that promise in the book of Galatians, chapter 3, where Paul, the apostle, makes it clear what the Lord meant. Paul writes the Scripture foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith, and the Gentiles is a reference to those who were, were not Jewish, not physical descendants of Abraham. They're non-Jews, includes most of us here that God would justify the Gentiles by faith, preached the gospel beforehand to Abraham, saying, quote, and you shall all the nations be blessed. This was a promise of the gospel, far in advance of the birth of Christ. The promise that through Abraham's offspring, his seed, ultimately one would come, and we now know that one was the Lord Jesus Christ who would give his sinless, perfect life on the cross where he would shed his blood and provide our redemption from sin, provide for our forgiveness, that through him, the blessing of Abraham would come upon us by faith, the blessing of God's presence for us. This is why you see so many references in the Bible to all the nations. You especially see this, I think, in the book of Psalms. And then Jesus himself would say this, this gospel of the kingdom, that is the message of Christ's salvation secured on the cross so that those who put their faith in him would be forgiven of their sins and gain eternal life, this gospel of the kingdom will be proclaimed throughout the whole world as a testimony to all nations, and then the end will come. I hear people talk a, a lot about signs of the end times, especially now with conditions as they are in the world, and things are terrible, of course, in many parts of the world. And people often say, I wonder if, if that means the end is near, if Jesus is going to return soon. I don't know, but to me, this is a fairly foolproof mark of Christ's return, of the end. That is that the gospel will have been preached to all the nations of the world. Jesus said this gospel of the kingdom will be proclaimed in the whole world as a testimony to all nations, and then the end will come. This is why we support and send missionaries. This is why we support Bible translation around the world for uh, language groups that don't have the scripture in their own language. This is why we're a world missions church. It's God's plan. May God be gracious to us and bless us and cause his face to shine upon us that your way may be done on earth, your saving power among all nations. God bless us so we can be part of that. Thirdly, the psalm goes on in verses 3 to 5 to, to lay out a vision. A vision for the nations worshiping God. Notice the number of times the author of the psalm uses the word peoples five times and nations two times. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. Let the nations be glad and sing for joy. For you judge the peoples with equity and guide the nations on earth, Selah. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. Those who have embraced by faith the salvation Jesus has provided will one day be part of a great multitude representing all nations that will be around God's throne. And 
This vision was given to the Apostle John when he was on the Isle of Patmos. We read it in Revelation nine verses, uh, Revelation seven verses nine through ten, where John got this vision, this vision of what was yet future. After this, I looked and behold a great multitude that no one could number from every nation, every single uh, ethnicity in the world, every nation, all tribes and peoples and languages, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed in white robes with palm branches in their hands, crying out with a loud voice, salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. This is what heaven's going to look like, by the way. It's going to be a, a lot of diversity, a lot of variety there, people from all the nations of the world. That's one reason. If you read our 2025 vision, and I encourage you to do that, um, if you'd like to know more about who we are as a church and uh, where we are headed, where we hope to be, uh, one of the lines in there, two of the lines in there read this way, the richness of the church's corporate worship, and this is a reference to our church in the year 2025, the richness of our church's corporate worship is enhanced by the presence of worshipers from over two dozen different nations. Members and guests often note that the worship services at River Oaks, quote, look like heaven because of the diversity of race, ethnicity, and age in the congregation. God is sending people from other nations to study here, to work here. We have an opportunity not only to send people to their nations, but to reach those whom God is sending here. So this vision is laid out in the psalm. And then finally, the psalm ends with a commitment, a commitment to be stewards of God's blessing and to help spread the gospel to all the ends of the earth. The psalm ends this way, the earth has yielded its increase. God our God shall bless us. The earth yields its increase when God brings his blessing, his provision, his, his prosperity. God shall bless us. Let all the ends of the earth fear him. In other words, a significant reason that God blesses his people with material provision, with strength to serve him, is so that all the ends of the earth can fear him. We who have experienced God's blessing have a responsibility, an obligation to use what God has entrusted to us for the furthering of his kingdom so that all the nations of the earth will ultimately hear about Jesus and know him. Let all the ends of the earth fear him. So the psalm begins with a prayer. May God be gracious to us and bless us and cause his face to shine upon us. Why? that your way may be known on earth, your saving power among all nations. Then we get this vision of all the nations praising God, worshiping God, and then it ends with this commitment. God bless us that all the ends of the earth may fear you. I want to just say thank you for being a church um, who supports this type of a vision. And I want to give you, for those who are newer in our church, just a, a quick overview of our history and, and what we hope is ahead here. We began our church almost 24 years ago. We opened our office uh, right up here at the intersection of Louisville Clemens Road and 421, right uh, in the uh, uh, group of buildings with Session Specialty Company. 
1999, we opened our office there and we opened our first um, bank account. And as a symbolic gesture, we wrote our first check uh, to missions. And um, rather than having an annual uh, missions meeting where we raised funds for missions, we decided to build that into our budget. And we started with 10% of our general budget funding missionaries and missions work. And then several years later, we realized we, we're ready to adopt an unreached people group. And we began to increase that percentage a bit to have additional funds for, for things like that. Later, we realized we've got a lot of people in our church that, that have the ability to teach the Bible, and there's some opportunities that have come to us, in particular through Bruce Anderson, uh, who was standing up here earlier, who helps lead something called the Inter International Theological Education Network. And so we were able to uh, adopt an area, area of Myanmar. You'll see some pictures of David Holcomb teaching in Myanmar and uh, Rodney Balcom as well. So we were able to raise that percentage a bit more to have funding to focus on what we call global equipping. And then at the beginning of the pandemic, we learned about opportunities to partner with a couple of organizations who are planting churches in other parts of the world. Uh, one of those in Sierra Leone through African leadership initiatives. And so we adopted a region of Sierra Leone and um, four church planters there. Yes, that's one of the roads that you travel to get to one of the villages where these church planters will go to take the gospel of Jesus. We were able to uh, adopt four of them, and over a three-year period, we've made a commitment in Sierra Leone to um, not only help fund the support of the church planters and buy things like motorcycles, but also um, these, these church planters will have a monthly Zoom call with one of the leaders in our church for uh, helping, discipling, and training them. I think you'll see a little short video clip of when the motorcycle uh, we only bought one of those initially. Uh, today is the 29th of September, of September 2022. And uh, as you can see, these are the motorbikes that have been bought. New, we just bought them today and brought them. Me and the executives here. And uh, just to let you know that they are very, very happy. And, uh, yeah, they are very Thank you. Thank you. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> the man in the red shirt that you heard, I'm not going to mention his name as we're live streaming this, but he is, uh, he is someone on whom God has placed his hand. And through him, God has been raising up church planters all over this nation. And um, we, we just feel privileged to be able to have a little part. Um, so I, I'm telling you, this is what you're, you're giving to our church does, not only supporting our missionaries like you've seen here today, but as we have been able to grow that amount to do some additional things. <clears throat> There's one more thing that our elders approved at our retreat yesterday that I can't share with you the specifics of, but we have also agreed to adopt an area in the Middle East for church planting, and uh, it's an area God's moving, moving mightily, and we'll share more with you about that in the years to come. But I want to just end with this part of our vision. As you read our vision 2025, uh, this is where we're headed. This is where we hope to be. Um, one of our final paragraphs of the vision reads, spiritual formation at River Oaks, that is our spiritual growth taking place, our discipleship here 
is overflowing with generosity that enables the church to give over $500,000 annually to global and world missions, local ministries, and church planting. We're not there yet, but we're getting much, much closer uh, pretty, pretty quickly. And I want to say thank you because you all are the ones who are enabling all of this through your support of our church and through your prayers. It's not just the financial support, it's the prayer support, as Wes mentioned earlier, that's so very, very critical. I want to thank you for being a church um, that supports a vision so that all the ends of the earth may fear him. We want to do our little part in this so that one day when we're standing before God's throne, we can hear him say, well done, good and faithful servants. And um, thank you. Would you pray with me now? Father, thank you for your people. Thank you for your people who love you, whom you've chosen, whom you've graced. Thank you for your shining face upon us. Lord, may you be gracious to us and bless us and cause your face to shine upon us that your way may be done on earth, your saving power among all the nations of the world. And Lord, if there's some here today <clears throat> who see what Sherry has done in giving her life to serve the lost, the least, the hurting, the needy, to see what other missionaries have done, Lord, that you would call some of our students, some of our young adults, place your call, place your spirit upon them to fulfill that which you have called them to do. In the mighty name of Jesus. Amen.